We made USAA insurance for veterans like James. When he found out how much USAA was helping members save, he said, It's time to switch. We'll help you find the right coverage at the right price. USAA. What you're made of, we're made for. Restrictions apply. Welcome to the Terrible Podcast with your host from SteelersDepot.com, where you can find all your latest and greatest Steelers news. It's Dave Bryan and Alex Kazora. Always lit, talking Steelers. And now, here's Dave and Alex. Welcome to the Terrible Podcast, Season 13, Episode 67. He's Dave Bryan. I'm Alex Kazora, SteelersDepot.com. Glad you guys are back with us here for this Wednesday show. I know Dave and I did not have a Monday show, but we woke up uh, Monday morning and Dave made the point of really there wasn't much new to talk about from our Sunday show. So we just decided to uh, come back here on Wednesday. Dave, I have a question for you. Here's a, a quote, maybe a riddle for you to figure out. I could be a Newport News with steel toe boots on working in the shipyard. What does that mean? Can you help me? It means mean? uh, means he could be in the shipyard with still still toe <laughs> boots on uh, working Thank in you. the shipyard. Uh, Thank you. Uh, could be living in a van down by by the river, <laughs> right? Uh, well, what what a quote! Let me tell you. I, and it, it, uh, first, uh, where that came from? That's. Uh, was part of the uh, the Showtime clip. Uh, what inside the NFL, uh, you know, has their weekly segments of teams and all like that. And that's some of the sound bites that went into that. And uh, uh, several quote, quotes from uh, Tomlin during you know uh, live action, uh, uh, mic'd up, if you will, uh, during the uh, during the game against the Raiders there. And uh, it ne- it never disappoints <laughs> when, mm-hmm. when when you have him mic'd up and all and. You know, you you watch that, especially the end of that thing, and and uh, e- even the clips that they chose of him there. That guy's not going anywhere yeah. right now when when it comes to coaching. And even if he were for whatever reason uh, to not be the Steelers' head coach uh, in, in in the very near future, he is going to be an NFL coach. That guy that guy thoroughly thoroughly enjoys what he does and he's very passionate about what he does uh he has purpose in what he does and you could really really feel that in 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 that video so if you don't like him well maybe find a new hobby for the next couple of years uh if you don't like him coaching the steeders because i it, it just to me he's not going anywhere and if he does go anywhere he's not leaving the nfl right i i think in in some sense, um, he's embraced and enjoyed the challenge of dealing with a rookie quarterback and kind of a rebirth and renewal of this offense, all the new pieces, the young pieces, the growing pains, which are frustrating and tough and difficult. And when you're losing games and you're struggling to put up points, that's not fun. But I think in some sense, he likes that challenge because, frankly, he's done everything else there is to do as a head coach, except for deal with a rookie quarterback and usher in that new era and so i think he's you know he talked about that and that that clip that was shown by nfl films about the grow up type games and those aren't terms he's had to use too much in the past about his quarterback and his offense in general growing up um and now it's really applicable and i think he kind of likes seeing that process unfold yeah you just wish they would have grew up a little bit earlier (laughs) (laughs) sure earlier in the season at least one one game more right uh 
uh, I mean, this team has grown up, but but uh, in, in in the same breath, uh, you got two games left, and this team's going to look a lot different, you know, uh, next sure. year. Now, uh, uh, I guess you can say, you know, you're you're happy that the team grew up more on the offensive side of football, and it did. But let's you know, let's let's not kid ourselves here either. There's there's a lot more things that got to happen on the offensive side of football. I mean, that, that, that final drive was absolutely great. They did a lot of good things. Uh, obviously Kenny, uh, throwing the football to the middle of the field on the score was great, but, uh, the running great running game is uh, better, but it's still not, you know, there's a lot of things that still happen have to happen on the offensive side of football. I mean, we've seen this defense, you know, for, not be great at times, but still not give up points, right? You know, the Ravens game a couple weeks ago is a prime example to that. Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, Is it the goal to not let the other team score, you know? And uh, within that, how much finger pointing, you know, how much, how much can you disappear, uh, you know, complain about a team that only gives up that amount of points other than saying, well, they should have gave up, gave up a few, few, fewer. So the Steelers could have won that game. But, uh, within all that, this it, their record is what there's what, what it says it is. Right. Mm-hmm. It is. And, and you're right. The defense overall has been the better unit. That was the expectation coming into the year. They're, they're, they're more veteran proven established group. And you're right. I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to have delusions of grandeur about this offensive performance. They scored 13 points. They didn't score a, a touchdown until there was, you know, 45 seconds left when they had to to win the game and save their season. Before that, the offense stunk. There, there's no debating that. I think whatever Tomlin says to grow up game, it's the find the resolve to win those tough games, to make those plays late when you have to, and not that necessarily you grew up a lot in that moment, but what you learn from that, what you carry over into hopefully this Baltimore game, the Cleveland game and into next year, I think that's where you might see the fruits of that, that grow up type game, that maturing where you sit there and say, okay, we've proven we can put it together when we have to, let's not put us, put us, put ourselves in that situation again, but we now kind of have that, that knowledge, that experience of we won a big game in a, in a big moment. I feel more than anything. It was a little bit of a grow up game for Kenny Pickett, you know, Definitely. Uh, and, and if that's, if that's the way you can narrow it down, then absolutely fine with it because that, that you, that's the guy you hope is going to be the guy, right. Uh, uh, for, 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 you know, obviously the next several years there. So, uh, Alex, is this team exactly what we said it was going to be at the Pretty- beginning of the season? Yeah, I mean, pretty darn close. Our preseason predictions are both eight, eight and nine, and they're going to finish right around there, give or take a game, um, obviously, or or be right at eight and nine with an offense that struggled. I think the defense hasn't been as good as we thought it would be in part due to the TJ Watt injury, some of the secondary injuries. But even when healthy, they've maybe not been Raiders game aside. They were excellent besides that first drive. Um, I would say, though, good, but not great. 
Yeah, but I I would say they're they're generally in line with what I thought they would be about 500 in close games some struggles. You know, if Pickett played earlier than I thought he would, but just big picture, they're essentially what we thought they would be. Right. Other than Pickett play, I had him coming in, you know, after the bye week. And uh, but, you know, other than that, I, I thought this offense was going to struggle at times, especially running the football. Uh, I thought they're going to struggle scoring points, which they have. I thought the defense would be okay, but not as good as what many people uh, thought thought it would be. And I think the Bills game and the uh, and the Eagles game and uh, uh, the second game against the uh, the Bengals, I think, uh, is is kind of proof of that. Uh, obviously, some of these games that they've given up the two hundred yards uh, in is is also proof of that. Uh, the the thing that we you know and that you focused in on specifically at the beginning of the year, look, this team isn't going to probably be as lucky in the uh, uh, one score games uh, as, as they had been in the past, and that's come to fruition as well too. Uh, the the Watt injury did not help. That that might that might be worth one game, full game, right? Oh, easily. I mean, again, the one, the only game I get really mad about, they lost. And I say, man, how do you lose that game? And Jets, you probably Jets, feel the Jets, same Jets, Jets game. Jets, yeah. Jets. <laughs> and if you had TJ Watt in that game with that pass rush late when the Jets had to throw, you shouldn't have lost that game regardless. But if you had TJ Watt, you know, I think you certainly win that game. And if you win that one, and even if you lose all the others, Patriots, right. Browns, Dolphins, your landscape of your season, as we'll talk about later on, changes dramatically. So that's the one game that still irks the heck out of me um, above all the other losses. Yeah. And I think the uh, listeners and the uh, most of the social media fans would, would would agree. I put that poll out on Twitter. uh, I think last week there, what, which one of the four games, uh, the Patriots, the, uh, the Jets, uh, the Dolphins and the Ravens game, which, which one, you know, bugs you the most. And, I mean, <laughs> especially coming off of watching what Zach Wilson did the mm-hmm. other night, and getting pulled. Uh, that I don't know if recency bias played played a role in that, but uh, I, I my my choice would easily be the Jets. Looking back and say, man, you had you know they had to score two touchdowns against you to win that game. You know, in the final what six minutes or whatnot, and they did it. You know, uh, that that's the game that I have circled. Who won that poll? I'm assuming the Jets. Uh, I, 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 I think it is. I'll look it up while you, uh, while you uh, kibitz here. Okay. Yeah. Again, so many of you missed opportunities. Dolphins game. You had chances. Browns game. It's they the closed Jets, that one out. Jets 47.1% lead it right now. Uh, Ravens game is second. 32.9. Hmm. Uh, the Patriots game is third at 11%. And the Dolphins game is last at 8.9. And the Dolphins game was the one where you could have had like four takeaways. And yet you had to drive at the end of the game that 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 could have won it as well, too. Yeah, I think I would have probably put the Dolphins game second on my list of games. I'm most mad about they lost. Um, But I I thought the Jets would have the majority. I guess they're just going to have the plurality. But yeah, I'm I'm with you, uh, Jets. Okay. All right, Dave, um, a lot to talk about today, a lot of news to pass along to you guys. So let's dive right on in Pittsburgh, making several roster moves on Tuesday. The team officially placing linebacker Marcus Allen on injured reserve due to a bicep injury. Allen on, I think it was Monday or Tuesday, I think Monday, posting on Instagram, him having surgery on his left arm. And so that's an injury that will end his season and potentially his Steelers career, a free agent to be 
in the offseason. Replacing him on the 53 is linebacker Tay Crowder, signed off the New York Giants practice squad, so he'll be on the roster for the rest of the regular season. The former Mr. Relevant, who um, got some burn with the Giants over the last couple of years. Team also signing uh, safety Scott Nelson to their practice squad. He was with the team a bit earlier in the year and is now circling on back. All right. Uh, we knew uh, we knew what was going to happen uh, because of the hospital pictures and, and what Tomlin said about uh, about uh, Marcus Allen there. Uh, I guess uh, the first question there is next man up at uh, up back. Uh, Mark Robinson. I mean, uh, I, I, not, I, Rob, not Mark Robinson. Uh, uh, Jalen Warren. Well, the way it was in camp, it was Trey Norwood had been the backup up back. And then now he's hurt with the hamstring injury, right. his status unknown. So uh, Warren had also gotten some time there. So I don't know what they've been doing. It's been a while since camp. But my guess right now, if Norwood can't play, it'll be Jalen Warren. And, that, and that's an important position there, that up sure back is. to control that. Allen's been in that spot for two years now. And so you don't want to lose sight of that importance. Don't think that Harbaugh is looking at the special teams tape. Right. A literal former special teams coordinator, now a head coach. He's going to have his eye on that one. Right. They are going to. And, and remember, uh, you had a blocked, uh, you know, you had a blocked field goal in that game, that last game. And uh, uh, they are going to be interested in who that personal protect your know, up back is for sure. Right. So I know it's easy to dunk on Marcus Allen for his very dumb penalty, which was make no mistake about it. Very, very dumb against the Panthers, but he played a key role on special teams. And now you may be on a third string guy in that spot. Um, and that's something to note. Uh, without a doubt, I think Warren can get it done from a blocking standpoint. It's just from this, the schematics, right? Yeah, just the experience. You know, your your first game as an NFL upback will be on the road against Baltimore in a must-win game on Sunday night. Big moment there for a guy. He can handle it, but it's just a big moment, something new. Right, knowing who's coming from where and who's got who and who do you have, those, those kind of things there. So uh, interesting uh, uh, aspect there. Uh, it'll be interesting. We'll, we'll see what happens with, with, with Trey Norwood and if he can make it back. But the way he was holding that hamstring made me think that he might not be uh, 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 ready by this uh, next coming week. Uh, the new kid, uh, uh, Crowder, uh, Mr. Irrelevant in... 2020, I believe, uh, Georgia product, uh, got, got them another one, another converted, uh, running back to linebacker, Alex, uh, with, with, with him. Now that happened a little bit earlier mm-hmm. in, in his college career there. Uh, there is some quite in, interesting tape on him, uh, to be quite honest with you. And there's also some, some, some tape on him that, you know, from from he, he needs a lot of polish still. He's got the athletic ability. I think he has uh, a good sense, uh, ability to read stuff. Now, he was kind of under fire because he was playing for a little bit in, in, uh, with the Giants and then kind of benched. And then I think he lashed out on Twitter saying, free me. And then they waved him and then signed him back to the practice squad. So, uh there is reasons for him being on the street. Once again, he was uh, the last player taken in the draft. Uh, he has the kind of measurable things. He's a very developmental guy uh, at this point, and he's going to be a guy that's going to be interesting to see if they can get anything. There, there's there's upside there. It's just can you polish the rest of it uh, around him? 
It is interesting for a seventh round pick just two years ago. He's played a ton of football, right, Dave, in terms of playing defensive snaps and the quality of those snaps sounds like maybe they're not super high. That's not incredibly surprising for a seventh round guy. There is some good in there, but there's some. Well, he said he was benched at some point. Yeah, Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Um, So, you know, will he dress this weekend? Jonathan Marshall still has not been able to get a hat. If that's kind of the equivalent, it may be tough. Of course, the focus really will be on the chance of Mark Robinson to dress and potentially play against the Ravens team that ran for 215 on Pittsburgh just a couple of weeks ago. Could Robinson get a hat and then have a role similar to what he had against Carolina and their run-heavy approach? That's possible. Carolina and Baltimore, they have slightly different run styles. Uh, Baltimore is a little less heavy and beefy than Carolina, but you could still see Robinson get some burn there. So Crowder certainly want to see what his activity is, but it's also possible he's just playing an active for these next two games. Uh, it is, but the, he, I tell you, he's got some special teams upside too. So more than anything okay. with him, uh, if he's, you know, as he carries over into, uh, into next season and, and you know, uh, I, I would think that, you know, that there's at least some, something there when it comes to special teams. And as you point out in the post writing about it, there's a lot of inside linebackers that are about to be free agents in Pittsburgh and Devin Bush and Robert Spillane and in Marcus mm-hmm. Allen. So, you know, Crowder, likely a futures contract type guy that goes in the, this, the offseason and, and just gives you something there as potentially some guys will be leaving. Yeah, look, he's on your 53 man roster. So, that, you know, probably exclusive rights. Right. So, uh, OK. Uh, or, or restricted. How, how many years? He's got two years in, so I think that'd be a uh, exclusive rights kid uh, there. So uh, easily retained during the off season, I would expect him to be uh, in in that aspect. I uh, somebody's got a film room coming up on him, don't they? I think Josh is at some point here. Yeah. Okay. So right. we'll see that uh, sometime soon. So again, will Crowder make an impact? I think it'll be minimal, if anything, but certainly notable. And again, to me, when Allen went on IR, when we knew he had he had the injury, you go. Okay, Mark Robinson may really get a chance here to, mm-hmm. to have some consistent play time the next two games. Yeah, I don't think we're going. I mean, uh, it, uh, it would take down down you know a full inactive list. I think for Crowder to get a helmet. Sure, know? and the team looks pretty healthy, which is a good segue into the injury report, as or at least the injury roundup, as as laid out by Mike Tomlin uh, during his Tuesday press conference. So let me just pull up the, uh, entire list here. He mentioned Marcus Allen with the, the surgery, but we already knew that. And then the, um, IR move confirmed that, uh, let's see, uh, Mike Tomlin also talking about, uh, Miles Jack with the groin, Troy Norwood with the hamstring injury, no real updates there. Uh, Tomlin did later in the press conference say that he expects Terrell Edmonds to return in this game after missing the Raiders contest with a hamstring injury. They sure could use them, especially against a team that likes to run the football, right? A uh, guy like uh, Edmonds down in the box quite a bit there. Uh, it'd be good to see. Uh, hopefully, hopefully they get Edmonds back for that. Look, they, they're down bodies, <laughs> you know, at, 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 you know, or could be down bodies at the safety position, uh, depending on what happens with Norwood. So uh, uh, it'd be good to get Edmonds back. Absolutely. So let's transition now into actually one note before we talk about Tomlin Tuesday here. Kim Hayward named the AFC Defensive Player of the Week, unsurprisingly, for his great performance in Week 16 against the Raiders. Seven seven tackles, three tackles for a loss, two sacks, four quarterback pressures, a pass deflection, just pure dominance. Had a video uh, go up on Steelers Depot this morning that talked about just how good of a game that was. First time he's won the award since 2017, only the third of his career kind of surprised me. Hmm. Um, but but kudos there to Kim Hayward. Boy, he was uh he was a monster in that game against the Raiders. 
Yeah, one of the easily his best game of the season and one of the best of his career. Right. All right. So let's transition now into Mike Tomlin Tuesday during his uh, press conference. And uh, what did Mike Tomlin have to say that kind of caught your attention, Dave? Oh, that's a great question, I guess. Overall, let's see here. I'll have to pull up the transcript to jog my memory. Why don't you hit on what he's ha- he's happy about the game being flexed a Sunday All night. Right. I think we're a little less excited about that than than Mike Tomlin <laughs> may be. But Steelers Ravens primetime football. Hopefully, that game means something. It may not in the in, in the it'll mean something because it's Steelers Ravens. But for Pittsburgh's playoff hopes, uh, it may not. We'll talk about that here momentarily. But Tomlin very excited for this uh, primetime matchup. Uh, yes, he is. And let's see, you know, talk about the rookie quarterback. I mean, there's, you know, talked about more about the mobility of the quarterback, especially when it comes to the Ravens and kind of, you know, is there much of a difference between Huntley and Lamar Jackson? He says, no, I think that it's uh, similar in terms of their ability to utilize the quarterback position by design or to make sure, uh, Make sure you're responsible for it, whether or not the quarterback is carrying the ball or not. Uh, You have to be responsible for him as they carry out play fakes and so forth that mirror other coordinated coordinated runs, whether it's Huntley or Jackson. All those things have been similar. Yeah, that's true. True. But uh, uh, Jackson is a gives you a lot more uh, past that, I think, uh, when it comes to you know Huntley looked in his er, in those early games that Huntley had. It looked like, man, this. There, there, there might really be something here, but I think you're starting to see uh, kind of the limitations when it comes to Huntley in the passing game, the more he plays. Yeah, it was uh, not good against Atlanta. And so we'll have to see about, you know, Lamar's status, be watching that closely when the injury report hits today. John Harbaugh on Monday saying that we'll see when asked about if Lamar would practice. I talked to a Ravens uh, buddy yesterday and he said that, he doesn't know if Lamar will play again this season for hmm. Baltimore. And they think that Harbaugh is really downplaying the the seriousness of this injury. So we'll see. I think the Ravens perspective is that he's less likely to play this weekend, but Pittsburgh has to prepare and be ready for the possibility of Lamar Jackson returning. Uh, I, you know, I was on a radio show yesterday and I was asked, you know, what, what, what I think they're going to do with him. They've got a playoff spot, you know, and if that, if, if Lamar's not, 90 to 95% with that knee. There's no way in hell I play him. None. Right. And now they are fighting for the AFC North. Still, correct. Sure. Sure. I, I get that. But I mean, you're in, you sure. know, uh, and really there's only one, one team that gets to buy and you're not going to get that. Right. Uh, right. But you obviously there's incentive to, to have a home game. Potentially. Sure. Sure. Uh, but even so, I, I, I'm in and there's two weeks in the season left. And if he's not at least 90 percent, I'm not I don't think I, I've got a good defense. I, you know, I, all I need is it, it, my defense isn't going to give up more than 20. I don't think can my offense score uh, 20 without him. I'll, I, I'd be willing to take my chances in that. Even of though course, they haven't been great. That <laughs> They've been winning so, there. They lost to the Browns, yeah. but they were two and one with Huntley. Yeah. Yeah, if, if Lamar is not, you know, hundred percent or, or close to it, then, then yeah, he's not going to play in this one, but there, there still is some incentive for Baltimore these next two weeks in terms of fighting for the North and getting a better seed and getting a home game, um, all that kind of stuff. So we'll see, we'll see what Wednesday says. It sounds like I'm, I'm kind of leaning on my, my Ravens buddy here. It sounds like Lamar's not going to play, but today will be the first real tangible clue to Jackson's status. I'll bet you a cold drink that he don't play. Okay. 
right. <laughs> we neither of us have cold drinks, but we'll uh, right. we'll still shake on it regardless. All yeah, right. I, I I'm kind of in that same camp right now. I'm probably a little less confident than you, but that's just my nervousness, typical Alex self. All right. Uh, let's see what else Mike Tomlin had to say. He had another a, a new quote here. I didn't see big eyes. I saw sure eyes for Mike Ooh. Tomlin saying about and again that grow up type game. The young guys having some confidence, putting together a game winning drive despite a really ugly showing offensively. Up until that point, but Mike Tomlin again talking about the the growth, uh, the maturity of this offense. Yeah, and I think uh, uh, in in that video that we talked about in at the top of the show, kind of kind of you know kind of shows his you know asking. Uh, Let me see your eyes. We okay? <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> I could watch three hours of that. I don't know about. I wish I. You know what? The 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 next phase of the NFL. You know, we've got. Well, I don't. We haven't even talked about this. About uh, I'm super stoked about. Uh, in a, the NFL getting away from direct TV. I don't know about mm-hmm. you. Uh, you live in a local market. You don't have to worry right. about it. I, 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 I don't, I've been kind of a, a slave to direct TV for, for a while now and, and have been up for, you know, I don't need all those extra channels that come with it. You know, if, if all along I've been saying, man, I wish I could just buy just that package, you know, and I mm-hmm. would buy the full pack. I don't, you know, because I like to watch all the games. Uh, or any game that I want to watch, and, and obviously the NFL Red Zone and all like that. And uh, I've kind of wondered for years why there hasn't been an a la carte type of uh, scenario here. I really think the NFL has been missing the boat, uh, and it sounds like they're going to maybe get it right. It sounds like YouTube's going to get it now. So I'm 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 pretty stoked about that. But uh, within that now, uh, I I think they're missing a the boat. I think they ought to have like. Uh, tiers of this thing too almost like you had the tiers of the the all 22 and and all like that you ought to be able to get a game fully mic'd up of certain players or what have you you know i think there's little add-on things that the nfl's that that could add that people had to pay for that they could make even more money off of, you know? And uh, I guess, where am I going with this? I would pay for a whole game of Mike Tomlin uh, (laughs) mic'd up, you know? Have they shown the actual full uh, NFL films mic'd up of this game? Is they besides the the forty five uh, second I, clip they I, tweeted? It was on Showtime last night, and I'm I'm sure it will surface here pretty soon. That's another. I don't you know I don't have uh, yeah I don't have Showtime uh, Showtime there too. Uh, but I usually find ways to get that uh, by by the end of the week if you know what I mean. Yeah, no, it was a very classic for Mike Tomlin. Still, the, the shipyard thing. I, I know he's a seven five seven guy. I guess that's the reference there, but uh, I, I don't I don't know enough about the local geography to understand that reference. But very funny for Mike Tomlin. Right. Yeah, just ba- basically saying, look, I could I I could be working in a shipyard right now, and I get to do this. Yeah, I think that was the the message there. All right, uh, going back to Mike Tomlin on Tuesday. Asked about Robert Spillane, who has played every single snap for the Steelers defense over the last two weeks, and you know Tomlin just praised the progression and basically said that's the model we build we want to develop guys you know Splane did not start his career in Pittsburgh but he was one year in and then got signed to the Steelers practice squad actually was a futures contract then went through camp practice squad special teams now defensive you know has a, a pretty serious role there and so a lot of praise as Tomlin has always had for Bob Splane. yeah good good guy man I mean you just wish you know uh uh, you wish he was a little bit more athletic and do a little bit more things, but get ready to see more of him against the Ravens on Sunday night. They trust him a lot. Again, you know, 
in that Raiders game, Devin Bush and Miles Jack each had pretty situational roles. Miles Jack only played in base defense. Devin Bush only played in nickel defense. Belaine was in in every situation, base, nickel, and dime, right or wrong. Uh, he's he's on the field all the time. And so, you know, I, I think for this Ravens game, as you said, run heavy. You're gonna have Spillane out there. Spillane did not play well in that that first game against the run. No one played right. well against the run in that first game. Um, but yeah, I would expect Spillane to still have that that pretty heavy presence in the rematch you know he's a, a extremely smart guy and gets the schematics not he's the kind of guy that you can kind of envision being a coach after his playing days are over you know sure uh the question is does he come back i mean he unrestricted oh. free agent uh they got some other decisions there even you know not, uh, i'm gonna send you down a rabbit hole what about miles jack i mean could he be a one and done thing i know it's a two-year deal and you're losing some other guys but he's really faded down the stretch he's been hurt that's probably playing a role, but I mean, he's, he's only literally only played in base defense against the Raiders. He can't really run right now. There's some concerns there. I think both of those, uh, I think uh, Spillane, I mean, I think uh, Jack, at least you carry through the off season. I don't think there's any harm in there because you, you need, you need body. And that's why I think they went out and got, you know, uh, Crowder and all they, they need bodies, man. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I just it's right interrupt, but just really briefly, I mean, the, this regime did not pay Miles Jack. That was Kevin Colbert that paid Miles right. Jack. And so I just wonder, will there be a difference in evaluation of him from Con and Andy Weidel? I think more than anything, you, you've got to carry him and we'll see what happens with Devin Bush. Right. I mean, that that's another one that could could be out the door. I mean, it's not a huge loss, but uh you need you need bodies. You need experienced bodies here, and it, uh, his salary is right there on that mark where, you know, uh, it's enough where he better start if you're if you're paying it. You know, right? Uh, how quickly can you bring on uh, bring you know bring Mark Robinson along, and can he be a guy? Uh, Splane. The only way Splane comes back, if you ask me, is on a on a vet. Uh, veteran benefit contract you and think that, and that's what the and that's what the understanding that he's not guaranteed a roster spot you think it'd be that and i think that i think he would get paid something above that they well, like him he's then, played then, for them then then have at it somewhere else uh i i think i think you might be overvaluing valuing him a little bit but they value him. I mean, it's not about my evaluation. Yeah. They love the guy. I mean, they, they, sure. they're playing the guy in every situation they've talked to him every step of the way i mean he's a he's a kind of a glue guy I just don't think there's going to be, I think that's going to be the same kind of, he, he'll have probably the same, if he gets an offer much of somewhere else, he'll probably say, look, I'd rather just stay over here, you know, uh, kind, kind of thing. I He's a minimum value guy still, if you ask me. You think he's the same value as a Marcus Allen? Because I think Allen's got like a minimum value kind of guy. When we got Verizon 5G home internet, it sounded like it could handle all our needs. But one thing it couldn't handle was our frustration. And hey, we deserve reliable internet. It's time for better internet. Fast, reliable internet. Switch to Xfinity. Learn more at Xfinity.com slash Verizon 5G facts. Yeah, but, but, you know, Alan does have, I mean, I don't want Alan out there on defense. You know, sure. That's why he's a minimum value guy. But I don't but I don't have a problem with him playing on special teams. And really, I I kind of feel the same. I don't want Robert Splane starting and I would want him on special teams. So I'd put him in the same boat as a minimum minimum value guy. But I think he's a better defender than what Marcus Allen has. Sure. I think Splane's a bit more niche and I think he has been overvalued by this team. But there's more defensively than what Marcus Allen provides Uh, from from a need in the body standpoint. 
I, I think Spillane should be back, at least competing for a job. But I'm not I'm not knocking myself out uh, financially to get that done. No. Yeah. I'm not saying he's worth a ton of money, but I, I'm just making up numbers, you know, two years. I don't know, four and a half million, five million, something like that, I think is is, is sensible for Robert Spillane. Wouldn't wouldn't I'm not saying I would necessarily do it, but it would it's it's logical and, and, and sensible to me. Yeah. But I mean, if you're paying him two years, you're basically paying him for one year. Because you, he ain't gonna be, 2024, he's not going to be around. Sure. Well, then you know how it goes. You spread some of the cap numbers around sure, a little but, bit. But you that, give yourself but the option. bonus, you know, you're basically paying them for the one year. So another, you know, uh, and I, I, I'll, I'll be interested to see if they go that route. I don't, yeah, I, don't, yeah. I, don't I don't, I think he's a minimum salary, minimum okay. veteran, minimum benefit guy. You give him the max signing bonus with the veteran benefit of whatever it is going to be next year 150,000 or whatnot but but it ends there if you ask me yeah it'll be interesting to see how they approach it I mean I think we agree there has to be some some new pieces there and Mark Robinson's a guy that'll be exciting to watch in year two but you know we've talked about the revolving door of inside linebackers this team has had I mean can we count the number of guys they've had trying to play since since uh, Ryan Chazier got hurt I mean you'd have to take off your shoes to start counting yeah John Bostic Gary Williamson Schobert uh, Spillane, Vince Williams, Devin Bush. Uh, I mean, it's it's a it's a very long list of names, not a super impressive list of names. Here's the here's the long and short of it. They have got to get much better at the inside linebacker position next year. Do you would you prefer them? I know it's a broader question, but would you prefer them to do it through the draft or through free agency? Uh, yes. <laughs> Uh, I'll not, say not, draft. Not, 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 not a, not a first round pick. Uh, I, I uh, but, but I think you can get a good young inside linebacker. You can develop, you know, round three, round four. And I, you know, I'm, I haven't even looked at the list, you know, sure. uh, it's going to be a while since I studied uh, until I study that, but I think you need someone there that you can maybe groom and all. And then on top of it, I, I do think maybe you need to go out there and get another, uh, try to make another grab at at, at 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 an unrestricted guy. Yeah, I know they've had failures uh, in in draft and free agency when it comes to the position, but I'll go through draft cheaper, younger, better valuation. I mean, they've tried so many free agents or trades, which is effectively the same with Chobert and Williamson, Bostic, uh, now Miles Jack. I'd rather go through the draft to try to find that guy again. Agree with you, not 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 necessarily first round, but you know, I don't know, second through fourth round, something like that. And look, you know, maybe they have something to Mark Robinson. They've got mm-hmm. to find out between now and and uh, and hopefully they will a little bit more in the last couple of games or whatnot. But but definitely by the start of uh, or you know uh, after training camp next year, they got to know who Mark Robinson is and and whether or not he can he can be that guy. Agreed. I mean, you would expect the guy, any rookie to second year guy is going to make a jump. But for him, who's got the position more down pat after a full year in the NFL, you know, still new to it, transitioning from college, from running back to, to linebacker, you should expect a really big jump in his play. If you don't get that, that might be an answer. But this summer of 2023 will be as important for Mark Robinson as it will be for any player on this roster. Agreed. I mean, as far as you know, I, I think Jack stays on the roster at mm-hmm. least until week one, you know, uh, uh, I think you've got to almost have to do that. You, you, you need some experience in all in that room. 
I think you're right. It's just a thought that hit me because he's definitely limping literally and figuratively down the stretch and he's not super cheap and it's a new regime and, and they're going to probably add some pieces and you just wonder about the, the future of Miles Jack in Pittsburgh. Right. All right. What else from Mike Tomlin said uh, the interesting comment about his run defense had struggled so mightily against Baltimore, but has otherwise been good against Carolina, against the Raiders, uh, really good since the bye. Uh, Tomlin saying he thought the Steelers just had a bad day against the Ravens the first time around. Hopefully they won't have a bad night on Sunday night. Here's the thing, man. There's two things that you better make sure dude does not happen in this game. You better not let them run on you, and you better not let Mark Andrews catch eight passes for 130 yards and, and a touchdown. Those two things, you you can have uh, the Robinson uh, kid who's really come out of nowhere, you know, the wide receiver for them, uh, really having a good – you make a quarterback, and, and you know, let's assume it's Huntley. Mm-hmm. Uh, you make that – you make Huntley beat you with his legs or his arm to someone not named uh, Mark, uh, Mark Andrews. That is the way you for look, the, the Steelers just took away. Uh, uh, and I, you know, we'll talk about it a little bit. I, I thought the Raiders <laughs> gave up too easy on, on running the football and all, but I mean, they, 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 they shut down a, you know, a running back of Josh Jacobs and, and Devonte Adams. They took him away with a lot of bracket coverage and all. Uh, I'm not letting, uh, the running back or the tight end beat me. Yeah. I mean, hundred percent, but I just, the thought there is every team that plays the Ravens says the same thing. Don't let their run game get going. Don't let Mark Andrews take over the game. And most weeks defenses sure. fail in that task. And so it won't be unique to Pittsburgh, but it will be critical. Right. Um, so anything else there from Mike Tomlin? I think that probably covers it pretty well. Um, one, one last thing he did say though, uh, and it's an expected answer. He does not, He's not paying attention to any of the playoff scenarios the way that we uh, are, are refreshing. And I'm going to segue into all the scenarios because that really comes into focus. I, I said this a couple weeks ago. I don't try to think about playoff scenarios too far out. But when there's, when there's two weeks left, I start paying attention because then the things start to crystallize and it's a little less vague and, and a couple less options of, way, of how this thing could go. So, Dave, I know you've been putting in fantastic work mapping out all the many playoff scenarios of how this team can make the playoffs. Of course, Pittsburgh must win out against Baltimore, against Cleveland. Beyond that, what has to happen for this team to make that crazy run to get into the postseason? Man, it makes my head. The other night made my head hurt. Uh, <laughs> and, 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 you know, when it comes to mapping all that stuff out there. And there are obviously primary uh, scenarios when it comes to this, but. People want to, you know, pe- uh, people want if if you don't post all of the scenarios, people say, why don't why didn't you post all the scenarios? Even though a lot of them include ties and stuff like that, right? You know, uh, yeah. So and, I, and listen, ties almost became a thing last year that knocked it sure. out of the playoffs. So you don't want to discount that kind and of the, stuff in ten minute overtimes, right? And the, the moment you don't post it, and 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 and. You know, you get in that way. People say, well, why didn't you post it? You know, because sure. uh, half the people say we don't need that, because if we don't do this, don't do that. We won't get in, you know, that that kind of thing. I uh, long the the easiest path now since the Chargers have, have secured, a uh, uh, you know, a uh, playoff spot uh, on what night was it? 
uh, Monday, Monday night, beating the uh, Colts, which was a terrible. I watched the game because I felt right. compelled to, and I'm so mad that my time was wasted. Right, and it was a waste of time because uh, it wasn't even, even a close game there. So now that the Chargers have clinched, that leaves technically one space open for the Steelers because the other space is going to go to uh, the uh, the AFC South champs, which is either going to be the Titans or, 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 or the Jaguars here. So uh, the long and short of it uh, this week, week 17, uh, need the Patriots to beat the Dolphins. That would be apps. That would be the single uh, best thing that could happen uh, with uh, the single best thing happening. A uh, in addition to that would be the Jets losing to the Seahawks uh, uh, this week. And then obviously the Steelers beating the, uh, the, uh, the Ravens on Sunday night. If you get those three things to happen and here's the thing, the Dolphins, play on Sunday. So, uh, and, and I believe at one o'clock. So if, if they, if they win either one of their two final games, it's over. All right. So the okay. dolphins cannot win in week 17 and they cannot win in eight week, 18. Play- so they must, they must lose out or, 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 or no, well, there's ties they, in there. Okay. They can't have one tie. They okay. cannot have two ties. And here's, <laughs> here's the thing. Their final two two games are are against teams the Steelers are battling uh the the Dolphin I mean the Dolphins and I mean the Patriots and the Jets mm-hmm. okay? okay so uh and they obviously pay the play the Patriots this week here's the bad thing is if they tie the Patriots uh on uh on Sunday, Sunday then the Jets must tie the Patriots. It it becomes a must tie situation <laughs> okay. in in Week 18. So obviously you don't want something like like that to happen. So you cannot. You have to pretty much root for a Dolphins loss on Sunday. And if the Dol- if the Jets win, it wouldn't be the end of the world. But it would also bring in the aspect that they must tie the Dolphins in week 18 because you cannot have the Jets get to nine wins, right? right? Because that, because of the tiebreakers with the Steelers there. So uh, even though there is tie, uh, ties, tie scenarios that work into all these different scenarios, the, the most, the most likely path for the Steelers to a playoff spot, begins with the Dolphins losing to the Patriots and the Jets losing to the Seahawks and then the Steelers beating the Ravens uh, on Sunday night. Once you get to that spot, then it comes down to in week 18, needing the Jets to beat uh, or I guess tie uh, the Dolphins in week 18 and then having the Patriots either lose or tie to the Bills uh, in, in, in week 18. And then the Steelers obviously taking care of business against the Browns. Gotcha. Okay. So the only way the Titans and the Jaguars work into any scenario with the Steelers is if the Steelers were to tie one of these two, two teams and then other, other ties mix in, uh, or, or other things go certain ways there. And then it would come down to, uh, needing the, the Titans or the Jaguars, if, if both the Titans and the Jaguars win their games in week 17, they would need to, 
a tie in week 18 would be the worst thing that could happen to the Steelers if the Steelers are working on a tie of their own. Well, right. God help us if we're in that scenario right. and I'm trying to figure all that stuff out. Well, so that's me... why you lay all this out because sure. if they do, people say, oh, you guys covered the Steelers and you didn't cover that. All right. Well, right. we cut, co- we covered it for you. We wasted five minutes. So don't tell us we didn't cover it if, uh, if it should come to that, but long and short of it, Dolphins lose to Patriots, uh, Jets lose to Seahawks and the Steelers win on Sunday night. That's then, then, then maybe we're cooking with gas. <laughs> And this is why I hate the 10 minute overtime rule because ties are, they've increased. I mean, I don't know the exact stats behind it, but you certainly felt, you know, this generally, I don't know, one, two games a year of the tie. And mm-hmm. that happened to Pittsburgh last year. And I hate the rule in general. And so it's one of my many complaints sent and unanswered by the league office. I'm mad at Roger Goodell uh, for not getting back to me. So let me, let me phrase it a different way before the Steelers can be eliminated before they kick off on Sunday night. Correct. There's a, there's a possibility of that. Yeah, there's actually two possibilities. Okay, ex- explain. Uh, I, I like to look at it from that that way. Explain how Pittsburgh can be eliminated be- before playing the Ravens. Uh, it would be obviously a Dolphins loss. I mean, a Dolphins win. A Dolphins okay. win does it all by itself. Okay. So the Dolphins beat the Patriots. The Steelers uh, are out. Correct. Okay. And then the other one, I think, is if the Jets uh, tie the Seahawks and the Dolphins tie the, uh, the, uh, uh, the Pats, the Pats, right. Okay. So putting that unlikely scenario aside, I know it's important to say just because we're being thorough, we're right. nothing else. It's not thorough, but Dolphins win Steelers route. That is what the main focus has to be in this game. Right. This Can, uh, they, they, they hang around, even if the jets beat the Seahawks, which we, you know, obviously hope doesn't happen. As long as the uh, uh, Dolphins lose, there's still some. <laughs> it would be a very yeah. So uh, just to run that scenario out, let's say the Dolphins lose the Jets tie. What has to happen in Week 18 besides Pittsburgh obviously winning their games? A lot. Uh, <laughs> okay, uh, it involves more ties, I, I'm guessing, or something. Yeah, the Jets would uh, have to tie the Dolphins, right? If they or no. Uh. It, it, it's complicated. I, and okay. I don't, I don't have we'll put that it, aside. It, yeah. I don't want to go, go, go all the way down that rabbit hole there. Okay. But, I'll yeah. spend 15. Uh, here's the thing. The, the, the steers are eliminated, obviously with the loss of their own. All right. Right. A Steelers tie plus a jets win or tie eliminates the Steelers or a Steelers tie and a Miami tie this week eliminates the Steelers. A Miami win obviously eliminates the Steelers. And then to to your to, to the other point, a Miami tie on Sunday and a Jets win would eliminate the Steelers. Steelers. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Can There's I make your head five five ways? <laughs> well, it, it's it's yeah. I hate the when you throw in the ties, it really makes this more complicated. Right. How um, I'll make your head spin uh, briefly one more time. How can the Raiders get in? They still technically have mathematical hope, right? I have no idea what the scenario is at six and nine, but I know they're not technically officially eliminated. Right. And I think it begins with a Steelers loss uh, uh, more than anything. And, and okay. they, they have to have kind of the similar games go the way that the Steelers need to go. Uh, the Raiders obviously have to win out. Uh, and they obviously would need a uh, Steelers loss okay. in there, I think, too. So they basically need the help that Pittsburgh needs and the Steelers losing right. to get, and in winning out. Okay, right. I see how that works. Gotcha, gotcha. 
All right. So, yeah, uh, Sunday, it's a one o'clock game, right? Dolphins, Patriots. Right. And so we'll all be glued to that ahead of the Sunday night matchup. And of course, now you throw another storyline on top of the storylines with Tua in concussion protocol. Don't know his status in this game. It's maybe looking less likely he'll play being in protocol and kind of entering it a bit later in this process on a Monday. So there's more storylines on top of storylines. Right. And look, you got the Mike White uh, coming back for the Jets, right? You know, and uh, I think they've even had a couple of injuries on top of it. They play the Seahawks, and thankfully the Seahawks are still gunning for a playoff uh, spot. So that means something uh, to them. Uh, The Patriots, if they if the Patriots lose, they're 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 done. So they've obviously got a a lot to play uh, play against uh, the Dolphins as well too. uh, overall, though, my, my biggest fear is just from, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not, we, we obviously aren't fans of that game getting moved <laughs> to late because it just makes for a long, long, long night of work and, a, or, you know, a lot of work on Monday trying to get the content out that we need and all like that. Uh, it just it feels like they're going to have a lot of egg on their face if Miami wins earlier mm-hmm. in the day. Uh, and, and basically the, uh, the Ravens, I mean, the Ravens Steelers game would still hold some meaning because, as you said, the Ravens trying to, you know, maybe increase their their uh, their uh, their playoff spot and the whole uh, uh, Mike Tomlin non losing season, blah, blah, blah. But that game loses a lot of significance if the Dolphins win. Yeah, I'll be an extra mad Alex on Sunday night if the Steelers are out by the time that game kicks off and we're going to be up until 4 a.m. and a game that, that. doesn't have the weight that we hope that it would, but we'll just why, have to. to why wouldn't you flex the the Dolphins Patriots game into 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 the night mm. spot? You know, good point. Yeah, I think that would have been more interesting and and more weighty, but that is what the NFL has chosen to do. You're correct, right. sir. So those are the scenarios we'll be watching that closely, and thank you for putting in all the work so I don't have to because I don't want to have to think that much and make my brain hurt. I let you do all the brain hurting, and then you just tell me the information. Mm. Yeah, you're welcome. (laughs) All right, Dave. (laughs) Let's talk about the all 22 from this Raiders game. Now that we've had several days to go back and watch and digest the film. Let's start here with the Steelers offense. Probably less to say there because it was bad when you watched it live. It was not much better when you watched the uh, the all 22 back. But what what, uh, were your thoughts on the offense? Man, this running game has... First and foremost, I'll start with this. I, I thought Kevin Dotson had a good game. I thought uh, Dan Moore had a good game uh, overall. I thought they did, you know, pl- played a lot better uh, uh, in in the run game and in pass protection all as well too. Uh, all that said, uh, we're still looking for that that perfect run game. I think from this from this team in in in, in the running game here. Uh, on you know things like the crack toss that we talked about uh, you know uh, the other day on Jalen Warren, if if you block that up, if, you know if you have better uh, execution on that play from your guys, that that probably ends up maybe in the end zone, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, so is it the play call? Is it the execution? Is it both? I I'm never a fan in in third and short situations of of having something develop, <laughs> you know, uh, I'm always a fan of North South. So I'm at, at, at my root, I'm going to have, have, uh, problems with a toss on a third or fourth down, uh, situation. And in, in that particular one, it, you know, just horrible, horrible blocking out on, you know, missed blocks out on the edge on that. And all. Uh, to back, back to the core question there. 
about the offense. It's a, it, it's, it's the same thing, right? You get uh, split zone. You get uh, kind of some variation of, uh, of inside zone. Uh, you get the jet sweep and, you know, an occasional toss, uh, occasional fullback lead, uh, a quarterback sneak. I mean, what is there? What else is there to this running game? Well, I think overall they've been pretty diverse this year. I think their split flow, split zone action is their their base concept, their most used concept. If you put the numbers to it, I don't know that to be a fact, but that would be my my strong guess. Um, uh, but they've 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 run a lot of different things. I mean, they've run basically everything that you that you can run, even introducing in recent weeks some of that crunch wham blocking uh type scheme that the Raiders do, for example, that the Patriots do, that the Dolphins do. And so they've kind of borrowed some of those ideas. Um, the effectiveness has been a bit up and down. You know, I thought they found some traction there. I, I thought, you know, Harris ran hard and ran downhill, but you're still looking for a bit more. And of course, looking for more this weekend than you got in the first game against Baltimore. But the Ravens have, for my money, the best run defense in football. And it will be, you know, every, every yard in that game will be earned. Yeah. Where, where's, where's the pulling guards and all? I mean, uh, you know, we're just, and you know, Maybe more stretch, you know. Uh, yeah, but I like getting I like getting downhill. Yeah, but here's the thing: they they're keeping it simple for the most part, but and that's fine as long as you there. There's not the consistency enough that's producing enough, and 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 my biggest thing too is where are the longer runs at, you know? Uh, and I'm not even talking about the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the 20 yard variety. Uh, you know, a lot of coaches will, will view runs of 10 yards or more being explosive. They just, there's not enough of that in this offense and it's, uh, and there's too much negative runs in this as well, too. That's hurting things. So my, my biggest thing is that the run game has, it doesn't seem uh, had the playbook when in regard to that hasn't seemed seemed to broaden much throughout the season. See, I would disagree. I think they've been I, they haven't run a, a lot of gap, but I don't know if that's if they have the people to really do it. And and maybe you know, Daniels maybe more so than Dotson, but I don't think it's something that's been super effective for them. I think they've been pretty broad. I think they've run. I mean, compared to where they were before the buy, where they're at now, I think it's it's seen a lot of progression. I don't feel that way. No, I mean against like. Even the Panthers game where they didn't have big numbers, but they still ran, you know, I thought effectively and efficiently and they got downhill, they moved the pile and, you know, they've been running for, they've had games running for over 200 plus yards against the Saints and, 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 and the Colts, they ran well without Najee Harris. I don't know. You're not, you don't think they've done a good enough job. there. I, I don't think they've just broadened the overall uh, playbook in there. And I mean, uh, the run game has gotten better, mm-hmm. but, you know, it's, it's still not where it needs to be. I mean, you would like those those ten plus yard runs. I think. Do you think that's more on the backs? Is that more on tight ends, receivers? Not. You know, I, I, all it takes is one. Plays? Well, and, and look, all it takes is uh, uh, one guy to you know to blow an assignment and it blows it up. You know. Uh, so you think, uh, you think that's the root cause though of why they're not getting? I, I think they're. Runs? Not, I think they're not getting enough consistency across the board up front. And then you know, uh, look, I, I've I've known that. Najee Harris is not going to be the guy that's going to explore, you know, produce 20 yard runs for you, but right. he should be the guy that be able to produce 10 and 12 yard runs for you. 
you know where does he sit on the year on 10 plus yard runs do we know oh, where that there, there's a there's always a volume to that and a relativity that's right. kind of my thing as you guys know so i'm not sure you'd have to do the math on the average how many you know 10 plus yards based on number of carries but i would be curious to know where he sits um i'm sure he's not at the top you know how close to the bottom he, he's probably middle of the pack those are things that i'd be curious to, uh, to 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 look up and to know where he stacks up with the rest of the nfl all right, I mean, I got it to 222, 2020. All right, I'll let you look it up with our handy-dandy play finder from our friends at Stathead and Pro Football Reference. Yeah, I'd imagine, I don't know, he's probably like 15th in 10-plus short runs. Maybe that's a little generous. If you eliminate the quarterbacks and just see maybe if just, just running backs, because you got the fields and Jalen Hurts and their scrambling ability, skews some of those numbers because those guys are certainly going to be uh, higher up than than a lot of running backs in football will be. Let's see how they stack up against the league first and foremost here on uh, runs of 10 yards or more. Uh, they are actually right dead in the middle, it looks like, with 47 of them. Okay. Uh, and we can drill that down even more by team here. And we'll see that uh, 17 for Najee. Okay. Uh, 47. 17 to the 47. Any idea where that ranks individually with other NFL backs? Again, I'm sure it's not at the top or anywhere all that close. My guess is about 14th, 15th across running backs in football. Uh, let me sort it the back the other way here by player. I know you might have to sift through taking out the quarterbacks as you, you know, look down the list, but. That's just my guess. If you just had a, an eyeball of where he kind of ranks, I'd be curious to, to know. Let's see here. He's down there with uh, Tate. I, I, I'll give you a comparison here. Taysom Hill has 16 of them. <laughs> okay. Well, that's and, not a good And Najee has 17. Marcus Mar- Mariota has 17. Uh, let's see. One, two, three, four. Taking out the quarterbacks. Five, six, seven, eight. Uh, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, uh, 19, 20. He's down there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 21, 22, 23. Looks like 24th, uh, Ooh. tied for, he's tied with Cordell, Cordell Patterson, who's been hurt, hasn't he? Right. And he missed, uh, he was on IR for, for a portion right. of this year. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm definitely with you. I think this team hasn't gotten enough big runs, um, even of the 10 plus yard variety. Now, how have things been since the buy to kind of stratify this a bit more? I'm sure it's it's been better. How much better? I don't know. But I, I you know, obviously, what they were getting before the buy was absolutely nothing with the run game. Look, I mean, if you gain four yards on every play, you'd never lose a football game. Okay, <laughs> right. right, but. Uh, it does seem like a lot of four yards in a cloud of dust and then followed up by a negative play of negative two. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I just feel like the, the, the run game, you know, overall needs to be expanded in the play, you know, uh, overall and, and, you know, obviously the execution, mm-hmm. uh, and just, and look, I, I think Billings did a good job against this run defense. You know, a uh, guy that we've talked about quite a bit over the years. He he did a great job of blowing stuff up in the middle, uh, I thought, overall. Uh, the tight ends, the, the, the tight end blocking is just not good enough, Alex. And look, I mean, uh, Fryermuth's not going anywhere, obviously. Fryermuth gives you a lot in the passing game. Uh, he's, he's a great blocker out in space. 
but him and Gentry are and, and Hayward are just not good enough, I don't think, to be end of the line guys that you rely on, especially when you're putting two tight ends out there. Yeah, they were one of my uh, sneaky guys on the losers list coming out of that game. I thought the tight end blocking was pretty poor. I thought they had some tough assignments and some of the split flow stuff on Max Crosby. And do you love the schematics of that? You can certainly have a, a debate and conversation about that. But Gentry especially should be better than where he's been for large portions of this year. And, and Frymuth has, you know, made progress in a lot of areas as an inline blocker, probably some progress, but but it's still not uh People want to call him Heath Miller as receivers. Sure, he's like Heath Miller as blockers. He is not like Heath Miller. Right. I mean, and and look, we agree Gentry's probably going to be back on this team, right? Or at least uh, through you're you're probably going to re-sign him, and and there's a good chance that he's he, he'll be back and potentially on the week one roster, right? But it, uh, yeah, is it good ex- enough? Well, I yeah, I mean, I think it's been a little bit disappointing what Gentry's done as a blocker this year, but I think they like the role and those guys can be a little hard to find. So, you know, I expect him to be back, but yeah, I think the tight end blocking in general is one of those extra elements that have to improve to maybe create some more explosive runs in this run game. We're Frymer's at a ceiling, right? As far as the end of the line guy, uh, as a blocker, or just an overall right. player. No, no, but as a blocker, because I, I wouldn't say second year guy. I mean, he's never going to be a great blocker, but I wouldn't say he's at a ceiling. So, so you're good. Uh, are, are you good next year? If I told you right now that your three tight ends on this roster is Firemuth, Gentry, and uh, Connor Hayward, I am. Okay, I'm not. But who would you swap out? Who would you dump? Gentry. That was a great dinner. So great. Wait, where'd you park the car? Oh, the one I just sold at Carvana. What? When did you do that? When you were still looking at the menu. I went on Carvana.com and all I had to do was enter the license plate or VIN, answer a few questions, and got a real offer in seconds. They picked up the car already? No, I parked around the corner. But they are picking it up tomorrow and paying me right on the spot. Oh, no wonder you picked up the check. Yeah, about that. Uh, thought we were going halvesies. Sell your car to Carvana. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to get a real offer in seconds. And replace him with just another blocking. I, I'd get me a, a because look, you don't want Connor Hayward out there on the end of the line of scrimmage. No. You can do stuff with Connor. Uh, to, to, to Connor Hayward's credit, he's he, uh, on the split flow stuff. He's getting some cuts done, you know. And he's uh, there was another play the uh, you uh, the fourteen yarder that you tweeted, right? I believe so. Where where the where the where the guy he's supposed to block, he's coming across. Uh, goes too far upfield, and Connor just says, "Look, I'm just going to go get the next guy." Oh, that was a different play. Yeah, that, that was, was a, that was a smart play. Yeah, right, right. So, I mean, I, I I like some of the stuff that Connor Hayward does as a blocker, but you're not going to put him on the end of the line of scrimmage for, from what we said from day one, right? You you're not going to take a, a five foot eleven guy and ask him to block Crosby. Sure. No. And that's why on the split flow, they're cutting now because to start the year, they weren't asking him to cut. He was just standing up and he was getting crushed. It was right. getting all collapsed and in a big mess. And so they've smartly had him cut a lot more and he's been effective at that, but it's pretty limited in what you can do as a blocker when you're basically just split flow, taking out knees. Either, either, either Gentry has better become Matt Spath in a hurry because if not, then I think that's what you got to look at. Uh, either that, or you better hope Pat Frymouth get, gets a whole hell of a lot better. Uh, and once again, I Frymouth out in space is money, man. He, you know, and that is because of the size aspect. Uh, he's he's going to be able to run over cornerbacks and 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 you know 
uh, athletic linebackers and, and, and things of that regard. But him on the end of the line of scrimmage uh, just isn't getting it done. And the same with uh, with Gentry. They are not road graders out there or anywhere close. I mean, the weird thing is Gentry was a really good blocker last year. You you would agree with that? He was. No? He, I mean, he made improvement. I, I mean, I, I, I really think you've got to take some of them glasses off. <laughs> I think you're, I, I, I think you're too high on 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 the aspect well, I, I mean I, I i've been i i've been saying a couple times this year i've been disappointed in gentry as a blocker i thought it was a good blocker last year i think this okay. year he has not been been as good um i'm not my maybe, point on maybe gentry, he's hurt maybe we'll find out that he's got a toe injury or something i don't know, <laughs> you know yeah i mean my thing with gentry is that sometimes you think about how do you replace him because there aren't too many of those tight ends in football because they don't they don't exist in the college game because the college game all sure. is all these receivers and you know these quote unquote tight ends but they're just big receivers and they can't block to save their life they might have even have size but like Gentry he had size coming out didn't know how to block and so trying to replace that if you could tell me we're going to replace him with I don't know with the next Matt Space then sure I would I would have that conversation but but trying I, but to I, find can, that I obviously can't promise you that you know sure, that's right. why that's why I'm resigned to the fact that Gentry is going to be back. You know, and that your three tight ends on this team is probably going to be Fryermuth. Uh, it's just it, here's what I'm saying. Uh, it's it's they're not getting good enough play out of their tight ends as blockers this season. Yeah, and I'm with you 100. percent And like I said, they were both on my losers list uh, coming out of that Raiders game because I thought they did not do a good enough job, even knowing some of the the difficult assignments that they had. So so I'm with you there. I do wonder what Genshi will cost. I mean, I I I don't think he'll be a minimum guy. I don't think he'll be anything crazy, but I don't know if he's going to be at that bottom level price tag. Yeah, I I I would be careful, you know. Yeah, I mean, I just think the tight ends get paid more than you think sometimes too. Right. I, think I go back to Jesse James and him getting you know, like twenty million, you got like four million per year from Detroit, whatever they uh, and they went and drafted Hawkinson that year, very strange. So sometimes th- those tight ends that are twenty five get paid more. Look, who who's my uh, Auburn boy that was with the Bengals? I mean, a couple of those guys was getting $6 million a year. Yeah, Uzama, right? He's, now, yeah, he's barely yeah. even used with the Jets, so weird signings get made. Go go sign him. <laughs> <laughs> Is it How many How many year deal did uh, Uzama? Uh, it was more than one. Was I mean, it? it was a multi-year deal. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty okay. sure. I, I don't know for uh, for a fact what the, what the uh, details were, but I'm sure it was more than a one-year contract. All right. But uh, I- anyway, I, I just... <sighs> I, I think the running game has been better, obviously, you know, since the bye week specifically. Uh, but it 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 needs to get a whole lot better. The passing game, uh, looking back at going back to the tape on on the Raiders game, how much did the how much did the weather and the cold dictate and the closeness of the game kind of dictate what they wanted to try to do uh, in there? I think. Pickett was all over the map in this game, to be quite honest with you. There were some some very good throws, and there were some uh, very off, uncharacteristically kind of off target for him. You look at both of the, uh, really the Deontay Johnsons that on TV you say, oh, those are drops. Mm-hmm. Well, one was clearly behind him, and yes. one, I tried to, I ran that thing 20 times, man. You know, over the, the middle uh, that went kind of yeah, through his hands. Yeah. I, that was high, I think. I just think that was too high. And it was I, high, but it was catchable. It was one of sure, those words. That's why I went 20 times with it. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh okay. I I I I I could go either way with the drop versus too high, but the fact of the matter, it should have been more on the money, to be honest with you. Yeah, Pickett was consistently throwing high in this game, even, you know, on a check down to Najee on that final drive that Najee luckily got a hand on. Otherwise, that's probably an interception. The Steagle season probably ends right there. Um, one play I did like, I, 
you know, I always say it is when I came out of this game, I thought Pickett was pretty poor until the final drive. And even then made a couple of mistakes there that he got away with. Um, I always have this saying of it's never as bad as you think it is. It's never as good as you think it is. Watching the tape back, Pickett certainly missed some, certainly threw high. I thought he was a bit better than what he what I thought he was exiting that game. One one great play he made on that final drive, not on the touchdown, which was, was a really good play. Um, did you tweet this one? I thought maybe you did, but I, I was going to tweet it out if you hadn't. The uh, scramble drill completion to Pat Frymuth, where he's throwing off balance, guy in his face hits Frymuth pretty early in that drive. Remember that play? Was that the one that was uh, reviewed? No, not not the one along the sideline. It was in the middle of the field. Um, oh, where he threw kind of back. Throwing back. Yeah, right, yeah. right, did right, you, right, right. I was going to tweet that one if you had. It was it was a really good off platform play. It was, and it, well, here I tell you what I was thinking going back through the all twenty two, and and you agree he was all over the map in this game, right? Yeah, his, his accuracy was not where it normally is. Right, uh, but within that, there were a lot of uh, uh, extended plays. Now, whether yeah, whether whether or not, you know, a couple of them obviously didn't get completed, but uh, uh, there there was the aspect of him, ex- you know, the one uh, uh, to uh, to Deontay Johnson. Right. Uh, keeping his eyes up and mm-hmm. and finding Deontay Johnson on one of those. And then the, the one that, that you're just mentioning right now, uh, the Pat Farmer, you have got to have those plays, one or two of those. One usually one at least on average, and sometimes two in, in a football game. You do, and, yeah. The, the high level quarterbacks do, right? And I, I was thinking to myself, man, there was a lot of extended plays in this game, you know, uh, by him. Now, once again, he didn't make all of them, but uh, the ones that he did make, the one to Johnson, the one that you're talking about, the fire move, uh really kind of get washed under, 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 uh, you know, swept underneath the rug. And you're right to highlight those. And that probably made his game. That's probably why. And that's probably exactly what you're trying to say is I came out of the game thinking it was worse than what it was. But when I go back and I see him make, make, make the, like those two mm-hmm. extended plays and you say, well, it wasn't that bad. I, I was kind of that way coming out of the game. I, I just kind of view that he was all over the map in this one. Sure, he was. Again, he was missing high consistently. Even the one that Frymuth on that third down earlier that, that Frymuth should have caught that he can catch was also high. And so that was the theme. I mean, I think both quarterbacks were missing pretty terribly. The, the right. weather's it would impact. But listen, for, for Carr, maybe you can say it's the weather, fine. But in Pittsburgh, play weather like that, not that extreme, but you're going to play in cold weather a lot. You know, that's just welcome to being a Pittsburgh Steeler. And so it's not going to, can't be an excuse um going forward but if you haven't seen that clip i'll tweet out that completion of friday right. um, after the podcast because i thought maybe that was his best play because in my head was that whole drive was just check down sanaji until the touchdown of pickens but i had forgotten about that play to pat which was i think maybe his best uh, throw the entire day right and, and generally you're saying don't throw it back to the middle of the field you know but right. but in that instance it was it was obviously the right choice wide open yeah. and, and you know in that situation uh, break down the touchdown you had some good film review on the touchdown to pickens uh, just uh, overall, I, I he, I tell you after breaking it, down, I'm thinking, what is that? What is that safety on the other side of the field looking <laughs> yeah. at? You know, playing too high there against that three by one, right? And there's no there's no threat, you know, uh, uh, to him, and he's watching the quarterback all the time. I, uh, my, my after breaking it down, I'm thinking to myself, and why didn't he break on that ball earlier? And and either break towards Pickens or try to break on uh, to, to to intercept that thing. That was my main takeaway because I I I don't feel Pickett 
did much of, of looking him off. Uh, I do think that Pickens did a great job of his route of stemming it to the outside, uh, the, the whole timing of it. I, I guess the safety on the other side was merely thinking because it wasn't a Fryermuth on, on that other side, thinking they were going to mm-hmm. get that, that stick nod, you know, uh, or, or just something to, to Fryermuth because they have been using Fryermuth uh, along those lines and kind of watch it. I, I don't know what that other safety was thinking there, but uh, I, I did think that uh, Pickett, Pickens ran a fantastic route on that, stemmed it to the outside, uh, breaking in, and uh, Pickett made obviously, obviously a great throw. I mean, there, there's not much more to break down other than that, I don't think. Well, no, I think you highlighted the key points, and for Pickens, it was good to see him in the slot. We've talked about his his route tree, his usage has slowly evolved. It's you know still a ways to go. Still, you know, was a raw guy coming out of Georgia, raw when they drafted him. Um, but you've seen some some more nuances in, in him as a route runner, a more complete route runner, catching a slant on third down, catching that bang eight for the touchdown. A bit more than just the the deep ball guy, although the back shoulder catch that right. he had was was classic George Pickens. Right. Uh, look, I mean, I, how do you make a touchdown better? I mean, we nitpick this stuff because that's what we do. Uh, I think in a perfect world, you'd kind of like to see maybe Kenny look look off that uh, opposite side safety. You know, just give him a glance at least mm-hmm. on and let him know that he's there uh, before firing that thing in. That's really the only criticism I think of that play. Yeah, I think you're you're right about that. But but a good final drive overall. Just some other offensive notes. I thought, you know, we talked about on on, on Sunday. I guess it would have been Max Crosby getting four quarterback hits. He made some impact plays against the run, tight end blocking, left a lot to be desired. But I thought there certainly was, as there should be, a concentrated game plan against Max Crosby. I thought what James Daniels did to help a core for a lot of it was a core for intentionally setting wide to take away the edge. Uh, Daniels helping out inside to take away any inside move. I thought there was a really good game plan to to minimize Crosby to the point where he didn't take over that game. He didn't make the play that would have won the Raiders the game. And so that was a good job by them to, uh, to minimize that. Then a good job by Dotson and Dan Moore because they got left on right. a ton of one V one battles because the center who was sliding and um, because Daniels was sliding to help Max Crosby. So a uh, good job by Moore and Dotson to win their one V ones. I thought Cole had his hands full. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that Billings guy. I mean, we've talked to him before, but I forgot how big Andrew Billings was until oh, he posted that clip of him. He's yeah. gained. He's he, you know, and people he's, say oh, he's on his fifth team and all that. You know, you know what? He, I, I think all of this problem has been in the NFL is they're trying to make him an every down kind of three tech, uh, two tech, uh, occasional one and zero and all. I think the way that guy needs to be used is, is a zero one. And that and, <laughs> yep. and and that's it. He is a 15 snap, 18 snap a game guy. And if you use him in a base three four, and if he's used as an uh, as, as a zero one nose tackle, I think he I think he has purpose. I, yeah, but, I, but I don't think he's the guy in a uh, four down front nickel sub package. Uh, uh, type of guy. I think he is a specific zero one nose tackle and that's it. And you know what? The Pittsburgh Steelers could use one of those. Yeah. They just need some dude with a big butt to sit in that a gap and just occupy space. Let linebackers run free in, in their base defense. Um, so I, again, I haven't watched billing super closely. I thought he played pretty well in that game. And you know, that's a guy that I would, he's a free agent, right? 
Right, right. He signed a one-year vet uh, vet be- benefit contract here. I mean, you agree. I mean, he's not a guy that you want out there playing forty snaps in a in a uh, as a as a uh, as a three tech and a four four down front, right? No, he should not play in any, anything sub package. He should not see a single snap in. If he is, then something went horribly wrong with injuries. Uh, he is a a very that's a bit of an issue though because he's so limited. But that role that he occupies, Pittsburgh needs, and he can do well. I mean, he could play over that zero on the one, right? Right, which is all that I'd be asking him to do. Right, uh, right. So, I, I agree. Uh, all right, back to, real quick on the offense on the George. I don't. What is there anything? I'm, I'm a, this is a test for you. Is there anything that stuck out on the end zone view of the Pickens back shoulder catch? On the end zone view of the Pickens back shoulder catch. Right. Um, right. I feel like there's an answer here that you're going to provide here in a moment. Yes. Um, you, you just tell me because I'm uh, Dan Moore and that that about takes the guy's head off with his punch. You, you oh, really? Make, got that queued I can pull up. It up. Um, because uh, are you saying his hands were too high? Is this a, is this a, is this a good thing or a bad might, thing? I mean, he might get a he might get fine for it. Okay, okay. <laughs> let me look. Look, look at both uh, both angles of that of the uh, uh, not you know look at the all obviously the uh, all twenty two first and then go back and look at the uh, the end zone shot of it. Uh, okay. uh, now this uh, is not a positive thing for Dan Moore saying his hands were too no, high. I mean, I, I, no, it, he got the job done. I'm just saying it's a shot to the head. Okay, it's uh, very I'm, I'm old not, school. I'm not saying negative. I'm just saying I'm I'm, I'm kind of surprised you didn't get hand, illegal hands to the face on it. Okay, know? well if, if your hands are that high, then I mean I would consider that you know because he's got to work on his punch. That's kind of been oh something he, pu- he's he work punched him. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I got to be more specific. I guess. Do right. uh, you know exactly when that was? It was sometime. Middle of the game ish. I'm trying to find the. Uh, I'll pull you the. the I mean, I, I I don't think I had the uh, have it pulled up. I can pull you the time in the game here. Okay, good portion of the show. Um, but yeah, I thought well, more people sp- want us to br- spend more time breaking down, yeah. breaking down the tape. So that's uh, that's kind of it's uh, early third quarter, right? Twenty five yards. It, is that when it was? Okay, I'm, uh, like I'm dancing around thir- the play. Thirteen oh five, thirteen quarter, uh, third third quarter. Let me see if I can. If I found the right one, uh, da, 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 da. is that the Pickens? The Pickens twenty-five yards, right? Yeah, there was the okay. back shoulder one, right? Yeah. All right, I think I might have found it. Let me let me run this one through. But yeah, definitely been watching Moore's punch a lot this year. Oh yeah, the Chandler Jones right in the face. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that right hand snaps his head back. Yeah, ouch. Right. Yeah, I can hear. I yeah, I mean that's. You know where you're setting a bit wide, and the uh, defender goes inside on you. So, but yeah, that's that's a pretty nasty shot that Chandler Jones took. Right. I mean, that's uh, that's illegal hands to the face, right? Yes, a hundred percent. If that isn't illegal hands to the face, I don't know what illegal hands to the face is. All right. Uh, anything else? Uh, all all twenty two. Uh, stay. There's a couple spacing issues, I think, on a couple of plays uh, on that. We we've seen that a couple yeah, of times. What else is new? Uh, over there, uh, this team can't run a uh, running back screen for snot. Uh, did they even run one RPO in this? Maybe, maybe two, one or two. Yeah, some of the bubbles to Pat, the one yeah. that got called back to Warren. Actually, some pony stuff with Warren and Harrison this yeah. game. Uh, they're just they just kind of copy what other teams do. The Panthers do the same concept, and Pittsburgh just says we'll be taking that. So that's right. kind of how they built their offense this year. But it's not been an RPO heavy offense this season. All right. Uh, we're running along. What what do you got on defense? You, yeah, you, you charted. You probably have examined a little bit more. Well, I tell you what, David Carr was not great. 
Derek Carr. I mean, uh, even with a David. Derek, Derek Carr. I'm stuck in the. Uh, <laughs> stuck he, played in the early like, 2000s. he played like David. He played like yeah, David Carr. He, did, he really did. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I saw the defensive line. I, you know, I think what Larry Ogunjobi has done these last two weeks in the backside of runs has been really important for the Steelers' run defense. I think his pursuit, staying on his feet, closing some of these off. I know Cam Hayward got, got all the love there as he should because he was just, just so dominant in that game, run game, pass best game, game. But best game in uh, best game ever for Cam Hayward. Ever is a long time. I'd have to think about it. what he did it's to Quentin Wilson a couple of years ago. You know, just given the matchup that it was. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's one of Hayward's best games. And then right. when you consider the moment, the Franco in, in a playoff elimination game, um, it's probably it's at least you know top five, if not top three, if not. Number one, but Ogan Joby did a good job. Um, backside, he's looking healthier overall. Um, that was kind of my one of my initial impressions of this defense. Uh, boy, that uh, him and uh, him and uh, uh, Highsmith getting good at running that uh, TE, TE stunt over on that side over there. And uh, you know, High, I just they need to pay Highsmith, plain and simple. They hit, they need to pay Highsmith. Yeah, I think they will this this upcoming summer. That's kind of my expectation, and and that'll be a big conversation starting in as early as June because Omar Khan seems to pay these guys a bit earlier than Kevin Colbert ever did. Uh, yeah, yeah, defensively, um, you know what Minka is able to do with just the rotations and the way they're able to spin coverages, just more continuity. They've been healthier, so it's really allowed them to play a variety of different looks. Thought Demonte Casey filling the alley, yeah, some of those open field tackles on Waller on the back was was a uh, really good to see. Um, you know, Cam Sutton, the interceptions, guys making plays in the football, just really good, good team defense overall, not blowing assignments, playing as a group. Um, you know, I, I thought those were all really positive things. Talk about the big play to Waller, man. So it's bracket. They, they did a lot of bracketing and, and like cover one in this. Yeah. Minka, as he said, after the game was basically the guy responsible for covering Darren Waller. So some of the times he spun down was him taking and manning up Darren Waller. And that was just one of those where I think Waller stemmed inside and then kind of broke it back outside. And it was a, one of the good throws the car had in that game and, and Waller's going to get his. But, you know, aside from that one play, uh, I thought the, the Waller was taken. I, th- I think about the, the play shortly after that down the scene. That's how Waller scored his touchdown against the Patriots. Uh, two weeks ago, and they tried to go back to that play, and, and, and Minka covered it well, and it was good rally by Casey, and I think maybe Elijah Riley as well to basically triple cover that one. And so I thought situationally, in some of those end zone shots, uh, Waller had nothing. I agree. Uh, let's talk real quickly about the game ceiling interception. There, uh, you got a good, smart guy like uh, Sutton. You can do uh, some creative things. Uh, uh, inverted cover two on that side, where he becomes uh, the deep safety. You're dropping Minka down in there to kind of defend the. Uh, uh, you bait your bet. What you're basically doing is what Tomlin said in the video, uh, in in the highlight. Uh, invite him down the middle and. They did that, and they actually had the perfect play call. <laughs> yeah, it was a good call. It was a fantastic uh, dagger slash Mills. I don't know what you know, switch. Uh, it's yeah, a it was- it's a switch release off the line between mm-hmm. Adams and Hunter Renfro, and it's I don't know what you call that, Alex Dagger Mills. I uh, I, I you know uh, anyway, it was a dig and, and a post. Yeah, right. to, to conflict because Adams was on the dig. Minka got held by that. Open up the post behind. And and it was there, hundred percent, hundred percent. If Carr puts that inside a Renfro and not more outside, that could have been a catch. And who knows what happens from there? I mean, at at a minimum, he catches it and 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 five more yards there. Uh, at max, he's gone. 
yeah, I mean, I it was very close from having a heartbreaking ending to that one. Um, so I mean, a great play by Sutton to finish that one, but that was a really good play call by the Raiders and Pittsburgh kind of caught a break by Carr's bad throw. I mean, and it was a bad throw. It was on their shoulder, and I mean, it was a great play. I, I don't people people are probably going to take this wrong, but I mean, it was an awesome play by Sutton. You know, in a, in a in a in a inverted cover two, and he he did nothing wrong on the play. I don't think. I mean, he does. I mean, he shows his numbers uh, to the, uh, uh, you know, as if he disguises it all well. But it was a perfect play call against us. What are we talking about if they if they hit that? Yeah, we're talking about next season. The Steelers season is probably over at that point. Right. Uh, or, I mean, who knows? Who knows? They kick a field goal, go to overtime, you know. Who knows? But um, yeah, for Sutton, I mean, you don't put that on him, on him, as you said, because he's he's deep half. He's outside. And so typically there's a middle hole defender that runs down the seam on that. But because Adams ran the dig, it held Minka in the middle, open up the throw um, between the safeties. And so, again, that would have been a, a better, accurate throw away from Sutton. Renfro probably makes that catch. And who knows what happens from there? You know, that's that's a delicate position that you and I are in, because we have to look at this thing the way that we just did uh, there, it was, it was the, it was the right defense to call. I think in this situation, I, I love seeing the all 22 in the rotation and, and say, and be able to, cause it's not often in games. You see a lot of inverted cover too, right? Uh, yeah, I would say Pittsburgh's done a fair amount of it. I don't know what other teams do, but yeah, I think Pittsburgh probably does it more than other, other squads. And when you see it, you know it you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, kind of situation, but I, I thought it was a great call at the time. Uh, and I, I did think though, that the Raiders had the perfect play call on for that. And I just, you're, you're conflicted of how you provide analysis on this because it, it could have been a home run. <laughs> yeah. But uh, that was a great, great catch by Cam Sutton. He's had a couple of great picks this year, a couple of drops, but, but he's every pick he's had has been, Pretty impressive. The one against the Bengals, the one against how was the other one? The the Pats, maybe? I forget uh, the jump ball that he had. And then mm-hmm. this one against the Raiders. I guess my thought was because on that very short drive, they had Minka playing as that middle hole lurk defender. You wonder in that moment in hindsight, should he be the center field guy so no one gets beat over the top, or is it better for him to kind of try to rob stuff the way that he does, you know, really well? They're probably thinking that there's no way in hell they're gonna go down the middle of the field. Yeah. Well, why wouldn't they think that? That there are 29 seconds left. They need a field goal. They're going to take a shot. Take uh, no timeouts. They, yeah, I don't. Or know. They, 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 they had all three timeouts, but but still, probably because of, I don't know. But um, uh, it, it was a great play call, and and everybody ran the route. You, you like I, I you want you want some criticism here? I'd like to see the Steelers run more of that uh, switch release. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know, and uh, they they've got the personnel that they could they could run that same kind of stuff against cover two, and 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 try those deep shots. I, that that'll be my end takeaway from 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 watching the Steelers' defense is watching the Raiders' offense. They do some concepts. I like to see the Steelers run. Yeah, we 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 had uh, talked about that on Friday. They put defenders in conflict. That's a great right. example of them putting a safety in conflict. He's got to take the dig. It opens up the post, and and Carr just missed it. And now there's a big talk. You know, is Carr going to be their guy of the future? You know, all that kind of conversation. One play that I want to talk about, and I don't know if the corner made 
a great play if it was kind of just a, you know, a, a, not a great throw and Adams just came so close to catching it. That throw along the sideline right before then of Levi Wallace kind of pushing out Devontae Adams on what would have been a I don't know, 20 yard gain or so right sideline. Um, good play by Levi Wallace, him and Sutton. I know that they have not been playing the Eagles and the Bills, but still facing some really impressive right. receivers. Both those guys have done a great job since the bye. Uh, Levi's going to be back next year. There, there's yeah, no reason. There, there's no way you get rid of that dude. Now, Witherspoon's a different, a different story. I think Sutton, you got to resign him. There is no two ways about it. Uh, even if you draft, you know, the Porter kid or whoever, uh, you, I, I think you got to have, uh, Sutton because, you know, and Millette is what he is, but it wouldn't be bad to have Millette do his 10 snap thing, you know, if needed, you know? Yeah. He's under contract next year. Right. right? So you bring him in. Here's my thing with Sutton. Just, just to go down one last tangent. I know we're running long here. You're you're saying Sutton, you still believe about 13 million per year, or at least let's call at least 10. Right. Yeah. I don't see. I mean, he make picks like that late in the season. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Price tag just went up. You get kind of attention, don't you? Sure. All right. So let's just call 12 million per year with Cam Sutton. Here's my, here's my thought. All right, Cam Sutton, we're going to pay you $12 million per year. Pretty, pretty penny for a corner. Oh, yeah, we need to find number one cornerback. Like you're saying those two things at the same time. Sutton, yeah. we're going to pay you a lot of money, and we got to find a shutdown corner. It's kind of a weird hypocrisy as you pay the guy and say, well, we got a lot of work to do still to upgrade the cornerback room. You're not going to pay him and then go into free agency and get someone earning more. No, that's, but I'm saying with the draft. Because I'm, a, saying draft. I'm not saying you can't. That's not how the Steelers work. Sure. No, I don't. they're not no, going to do that. it's coming in a draft. Right. But but it, it isn't a little bit weird to say, Sutton, we love you. We're going to pay you more than we paid any corner in our history. And we got to go find number one in the draft. We get an opportunity to go draft Joey Porter yeah, Jr. Or, I, Rando I, I, or whoever. Here's the thing. If I'm Cameron Sutton, because even if it's, let's say it's 12 or 13 million, he's going to get like uh, uh, a signing bonus. So you're going to get around 20 million, you know, in that first mm-hmm. year. Yeah, I'm just saying the thought of saying you give me gonna, twenty million dollars, you can do whatever the hell you want to do. <laughs> no, yeah, I don't think Sutton cares about it. I mean, I don't. I mean, a little bit maybe because there's a, there's a pride thing to it. But the Steelers' thought is, I mean, because you agree they got to find like a shutdown type corner. Sutton, as good as he is, is not that caliber of player. Or do you think he is that guy that can take away number ones? No, but I would much rather the. Russian coverage go hand in hand. I'd much rather worry about my front end than I would the back end. Right, but we're you're still saying that they got to Sutton they can, can work a, a if they corner. Sutton can work if they Sutton and Wallace can work uh, if the pass rush gets better. Yeah, I think to a degree, but still, when you're facing Jamar Chase twice a year. Your pass rush is not the the sale end all. You gotta gotta make some plays on that type of receiver. Right. That's, that's why I, I, I would spend like a second or a third round on and on hopefully a cornerback that could come in there and play. Right. That's just my thing. Is you're saying something we're gonna pay you a bunch of money and we still have a high level of interest in uh, getting a top flight cornerback. It's just not saying you can't do it, and they probably should. It's just a little a little funny to do. Right. Anyway. Uh, but but good season, good game, and, and certainly something's a guy you want to bring back. And that price tag, I'd, I'd be really interested in that because I, I know you have a more confidence in the number than I do. I really don't know what his value is because I think he's underpaid right now. And how does that apply to the future? You know, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Right. All right. Any other final thoughts here in this game? I, I just I once I think the linebackers could have played better in this game, the inside guys, and uh, they did a pretty good job on on handling Watt overall too. To be honest with you. 
Yeah, a lot of chips, a lot of tension. Uh, by the way, I should mention Montrevious Adams. I thought maybe had to, I think he had the best game of his season, and he's not been very good this year. I thought he played really well in this one, and I think I think he sticks around in his current capacity, current contract to be brought into camp next year and and, and see how he looks. Right, right. Uh, he's yeah. not the guy though, right? I think he's better for, as a backup than, right. than a starter. But I think there's enough there. When you're losing Alu Alu, you're going to maybe lose other guys. I don't. You have cap space. I doubt you're going to cut Montrevious Adams. What are you doing with Ogan Joby? Yeah, we'll keep talking about that, I'm sure. Um, he's such a hot and cold player. He's, his get-off is so inconsistent. He's so laid off the ball sometimes. I think he's playing well. I just I just praised him for what he did, backside of runs. Um, do I pay him big money on a three-year deal? I, I still do not. I don't I don't either. I think you maybe you get that in the draft. And if he wants to come back on similar to maybe what he's making now, but he's going to probably have some suitors out there as well, too. And mm-hmm. he seems like he might be a money mercenary, you know? Yeah, we, we, he just missed out on $40 million right. from Chicago when that deal fell through. So he probably wants to, to get back to that and secure the bag again. So I mean, I'd like to have him back at. It's Ram season, which means it's time to serve with Ram 1500. Ram 3500 and Ram TRX. Hurry in now for great deals on the trucks that are built to serve. Right now during Ram season, get 10% below MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Ram 1500 Laramie. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. Contact dealer for details. Take retail delivery by 531-23. You know, 8 million, but can you get him for that, you know? And it'd be a he probably wants a multi-year deal. He doesn't right. want to do the one-year deal thing. So you're saying at least two years, you know, the Miles Jack deal basically is what you'd be trying to give right. the guy. Right. And, and he got, it was what, how, when Chicago, how many years in Chicago? Like, like three, three years for, for 40? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So that it's, I don't least, is he going to want eight again? He's probably wants, I want to get double digits because I was trying yeah. to get double digits last time. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. Um, all right. Uh, I think it probably wraps up the all 22 review pretty well. So let's get to some reader emails and close out today's show. Let us do it. You think he's going to get uh fine for that, uh, hit to the head? Uh, who's, who's that? Uh, Dan Moore. Uh, that's, I don't, I bet you it gets missed. I don't think he will. Okay. Will Terrell Edmonds get fined because it was Edmonds <laughs> running out on the field. Yeah. He probably will. <laughs> The thing is, he got the mask. We know it's him, but do they know it's him? I think they're going you know to be able saying? to find out. You know what I'm saying? Because he's not in the jersey. Yeah, they're going to be able to figure that part. I think the NFL has enough sense to, to know. If we know who it is, they're going to figure out who it is. I bet he doesn't get fined. How about that? Yeah. Do you bet he does? Well, I forget. What is the, the rule is if you're not dressed, you can't. Because the celebrations get so chaotic that right. if you're if you're not dressed, you can't get out there, right? Technically. I, I think that so. Rule? Um, I bet you he does get fined. He got flagged for it. So he's going to get fined for it. All right. Uh, let's see. Jim Bendis writes in a general question. If a head coach is fired with a one, with a year or more on his contract, if he takes a job the following season as a coordinator or just a regular coach, does he, A, does he get two full pool, pool paychecks, one from each team, or is split between teams, or he gets a lesser amount and forfeits the head coach paycheck, D, none of the above. He says, I recall Tomlin said he got Flores cheap, so it sounds like the Steers are paying Flores something. Thanks, Happy. I think there's, uh, I, Jim, I really, I would, I would have to, you know, we don't get to see coaches contracts anyway uh but i'm willing to bet there's some set of some sort of offset in there 
mm-hmm. you know, language that, okay, if I'm a head coach and you owe me this amount of money uh, for, for the next two years, that was guaranteed. However, comma, uh, if we fire you and you go somewhere else, we get credit against, you know, some sort of offset from, from what you get from another team. So I do bet that the Steelers probably got uh, Flores on the cheap. And I, I can't even remember what his contract was before that. But whatever he's getting for the Dolphins is probably minus what he's getting from uh, from the Steelers. Yeah, it's case by case on the language of the contract. I bet you most of them at this day and age have offset language in them. Um, I don't remember Tomlin ever saying he got Flores cheap. Maybe he did, and I missed it somewhere. But uh, I don't. I don't. I don't know. I'd have to go back that. and look look at that as well, too. Yeah, but there's likely some sort of offset language. Uh, Bryce wants to know. Uh, Merry Christmas and a gritty Steelers win. Some thoughts because of his versatility. Should the Steelers be using? Connor Hayward more in a fullback role to maximize their use of three tight end packages. Have you seen good fullback snaps out of uh, any of Hayward's tape college or pro at, I mean, there's very limited stuff. I mean, there was a couple of good, good snaps at him as fullback in this college tape Uh, NFL, not so much. Uh, And one thing we didn't highlight is that ending call uh, uh, on a jet sweep to to Connor mm-hmm. Hayward, that I mean, that was an absolutely uh, brilliant call out of that personnel grouping uh, formation. You have twenty-three personnel grouping on the field. You have a guy in Hayward at the you know coming in jet motion. There's no way in hell I, if I'm on defense, I'm thinking the ball's going to that tight end. Yeah, it was a, it was Matt Canada's best call for sure, and a lot of trust to show and the right. rookie to make a play and you know kind of everything on the line there to finish that one out. So and not not he can run the ball; he's a former running back, but just the trust on the handoff, no no muffed exchange. You're gonna you know trust that they can execute that play. So I, I as a fullback, you know his blocking is pretty lackluster. I think he's fine the way he's being used now. Generally speaking, I know Jonathan and I just had a, a debate on uh, Steelers Depot yesterday about is he being used enough. I think he's being used basically just about right. I agree, uh, and he's not a guy I want on the end of the line of scrimmage a lot. But I tell you what, now you damn sure better that fine that final play that you use in that game's on tape now, right? Yes. Yeah, it's going to be hard to go back to that. But but you but give give teams play off of that, do something off of that now, build off of that play where teams are maybe thinking that that Hayward's going to get. You know what? A Run that thing early this next week if you want, and at least, and then build build something off of that with Watt or something. You know what I'm saying? If that's on tape, that's the last play. They're going to be. Uh, why can't you build something off of that now? Yeah, I wonder what you build off of it because it's so condensed. Do you run play action? Do you run just the ball to Najee? Do you? What do you? What do you? I mean, strength uh, off of that. You know, hide a tight end sneaking out or something, right? Yeah, I wonder if you, you know, yeah, I wonder what you could do with that. Do you fake the jet sweep and then throw it to Connor? Right. Your eyes are kind of on Connor. Yeah, yeah, again, there's stuff you could build off of that with. Because it's so significant and it's something that you haven't seen before. Give them a, a build off of it. Use it early, maybe in a, a similar, maybe not even hand the ball off. Maybe you just run, you know, run Najee off of it. Give them a reason to look at it. And then as the game progresses, throw it out there again and then run, run what you want to run off of it. 
Yeah, I think that's a good point. Do you fake that? Do you show the jet motion, fake the handoff, and then throw in the flat the other way to Najee or whatever tight end sitting over there? Or yeah, misdirection, something, like something to Watley. You know, you could do a lot of different things with that. To be honest with you. Yeah, you could, yeah, I'm sure the you. Go fall down tight end. You know, at the end of the line mm-hmm. of scrimmage. You know, not, uh, uh, like 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 the 49ers do, but. That's the first thing that I thought of when I went back through the tape and I watched that last play. And I know you, your last thought was, man, why can't they get another yeah, kneel down? That was, <laughs> that was my thought. I know Connor slid and that was smart, but I want to see the kneel down. Dang it, I'm running out of chances here. So. I was while, I, that we, uh, while I'm thinking about what I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about what you're thinking about. <laughs> but your thoughts are a lot smarter than my thoughts because you're thinking about like the next play and the right, constraint right. and how you can win. I'm thinking about, I want to see James Daniels play victory formation running back. Like That's my big, dumb, hillbilly uh, thought there. But I mean, you get where I'm coming from, right? I mean, it's such oh, a yeah. significant play and something we haven't seen before. Runs, run something similar. Hell, run the same damn thing early against the Ravens and then build two other plays off of it uh that that they won't be expecting there yeah that's how the candidate offense is supposed to be run with right. the core base plays with constrained plays off of that that's what the shanahan we're not do, seeing that's, it yeah we're not seeing not enough for sure occasionally right. there was that boot they had to Najee a couple weeks ago on third down which was a great constraint play you know can you build off the Derek watt fullback dive which has been done so much they finally got stopped last weekend um, do you build off of that? You haven't seen enough of those constraint plays in this in this offense. See, and that going back to the kind of the stuff that I'm saying, we're 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 okay. We are seeing some stuff and all. We're seeing the run game get better and all, but we're just I'm not seeing the progress. And I understand that they want to run their core plays and they they figure okay, less sometimes is better if we can perfect these things. But we're not seeing enough. I don't think built off of their core stuff. No, I think that's probably the biggest critique still of the Canada. And maybe that's uh, a better way for me to explain why, you know, my unhappiness with what I'm seeing in the run game offensively. Yeah, I mean, I I, I get that overall. Um, should we touch on really briefly, by the way, that uh, Ray Fittipaldo, I guess the other day, said that he still fully expects Canada to be gone after this year and the players know. I don't know if he, I don't think he was meaning that in the sense the players have been told, but just that general feeling of, Dead man walking. Uh, I mean, uh, you you could definitely make arguments uh, for that happening. More oh, so, yeah. uh, I I'm not advocating it because I don't think the offense has, from what I just laid out, I don't think there has been enough. I think they've focused too much on trying to run their core stuff that they haven't built up enough off the other stuff. Uh, and, and look, it was great to see that play at the end of that game. But I mean, that's an end of a game play. Uh, and and on if it if you get tackled for a loss, does anybody even remember it if you win the game? Uh, mm-hmm. uh, type situation there. Uh, there has not been enough of him building off of these core concepts. And the offense, while it has progressed, generally from the bye week on, it hasn't progressed on the scoreboard. In, in touchdowns, and I think that really needs to be looked at. But on the flip side, there, and we've we've talked about it a few times, there there are reasons to think that why they might bring him back for one more season here on top of it. So I, I you know, I based on Ray's comments, still I I don't know where I don't know which way it's going to go. I really don't. 
Yeah, I've kind of, you know, started to swing back more towards the possibility of him staying as his offense has shown some improvement in just the, the history of them. They don't fire coordinators, right. and, and we don't know for sure candidates under contract through next year, but we strongly suspect it based on the history of, of coordinators getting three-year deals in, in Pittsburgh. Uh, but Ray's, I mean, it wasn't an official report, but it was pretty strong. I fully expect this to happen. Everybody knows it's going to happen. So as, as close to report as you can get without, I guess, being an official report, but we shall see if he is fired. I think it'll be the first coordinator to be fired after a season uh, since Tim Lewis. And I think that was 03. So it's been a long time. Uh, Nicholas Gooden writes in, hey, guys. And look, they didn't move on from from midseason when they had the opportunity. You know, right. Uh, Nick, Nicholas Gooden says, hey, guys, two quick ones for you. We are. Are, are we really thinking Witherspoon had essentially a season ending hamstring injury? He says, I hate to speculate on guys health, but it seems odd. I think it was out for a few came back and played poorly and has been back out ever since seems like some face saving, or maybe I'm just being ignorant. Look, uh, I mean, could, could they just say have been disgusted and say, we, you know, uh, I, I think it was a hamstring injury, uh, overall. I, I think the hamstring injury was serious enough to get him on IR in the same breath. I'm thinking they're saying, yeah, this ain't going to work out. Yeah, I don't. I think he was legitimately injured. Um, but I think had if he was playing at a Pro Bowl level, he'd be back by now. I'll put it that way. Right. I warned you people about him. <laughs> uh, number three, he's got here. Let's see. Uh, I think we all agree the Steelers should will draft an offensive lineman with one of their top three picks this year. I don't know. I'm starting to think. Maybe they should go defense, defense, to be quite honest with you. Uh, he says it's early, but do you think they should just take the best guy available regardless of, of position? Or do you think there are certain positions they will not consider on day one? That's a, that's a great question with Omar Khan in there. And, man, I would hate to pass on the next uh, uh, George Kittle for I got to have an offensive lineman. I I don't want to see this team already burns this draft. Mm-hmm. Devin Bush this draft. Uh you know, just because I and and then come out in the press conference and say, well, he was he was the guy we liked all the time, and it just so happens to coordinate with the uh, position and need. Imagine that. Uh don't pass on a great player that's on your board, regardless of position. And I, you know, I guess other than quarterback, I guess, right. You know, uh, I guess I got to caveat that. Uh, but man, so many times we've seen this team say, well, there went William Jackson, the third, uh, who's next on the list in the <laughs> cornerback position that fits the measurables that we like, uh, Artie Burns. Okay. Or don't trail Edmund Edmonds. This one. You know, uh, okay. you get where I'm coming from, Alex, right? No, you don't want to force it. Don't say we got to replace Ryan G's ears. So let's trade up for Devin Bush right. and, uh, and, and get him. And I had a conversation the other day about, you know, remember back in 19, oh, Devin White or Devin Bush, who should they take? Turns out right. neither. Neither was the answer. Right. Don't take either of those guys. Um, the, the quote unquote good news is this team has so many holes and needs. Correct. Any, like it's all going to fit. Like any, any, you know, there is no, we're not going to take exposition, but truly besides quarterback, is there any position they wouldn't address tight end? I guess probably in terms of something high. 
uh, and, and running that if too. You got, if you got me the actual next Heath Miller. <laughs> okay, sure. You know, uh, and, and that's no, maybe it is disrespect of Pat Fromer. Pat Fromer is a, a good player and he deserved to be picked now, I think, where he was picked. I had a third round grade on him. He's picked on the second round. He, he is that second round player. Okay, fine. But he is, to me, I worry, is he going to be that next all around tight end, you know? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I love that Michael Mayer kid from Notre Dame. Right, uh, right, a kid right. Purdue. There's that kid from Georgia that's like 275 pounds. Like right. big, big blocking types and uh, guys like that. So um, I, I'm but, not saying go that way with no, a first round draft pick, but no. uh, we both agree that don't. I mean, if there's a if there's a top and we have, I haven't looked. I mean, the only thing I would say is I would kind of shy away from that first round cornerback. But I mean, unless you, if, if there is one that you think can be the next Darrell Revis, I suppose. So I would kind of question, I would question quarterback and cornerback. Uh, everything else to me uh, would potentially be on the table. Well, not running back. We know we don't want to take running right, back in the first round. Right, right, right. I think for me, the only thing that's a given when you talk to <laughs> no, me. <laughs> yeah, so I want to put it out there so somebody doesn't sure, think that Dave is not sure. open to the conversation. Uh, I, I think cornerback well, you know, is on I, the table. I, and I, you know what? Let, let, we're running along, but but damn it, I don't care. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you three positions that I don't think should be taken uh, in the first round of the NFL draft. I think a running back. I think a corner cornerback and I think an inside linebacker. I, I, I really, uh, I think that kind of stuff gets pushed down enough where the, where the, where that can be picked up in the second, third, third rounds, to be quite honest with you. Now you're talking philosophically, not even just the Pittsburgh, but you just I'm think talking in general. across the board. I don't care okay. what organization. Why corner though? I get inside linebacker. I get running back. Because corner. It's, Why corner? Because it's so far away off the ball. And if you don't have the other stuff to go along with that, on a def- if you don't have the defensive front, you're not providing the pressure. Uh, I'll tell you the plant, the, the positions the, uh, you damn well bet them on, on board. Taking All right, here comes round. Bill Parcells yeah. talking to me about, uh, yeah, uh, quarterback, uh, left tackle, or really any tackle now, tackle, uh, and edge rusher. Uh, I was waiting for the Parcells quote there. Yeah. The the three guys that, that throw the ball, that protects yeah. the guy you that throws the ball, that rushes the guy that throws the ball. You either get the quarterback, you get the guy that protects the quarterback, or you get the guy that gets after the quarterback. There you go. I was waiting for that one. Yeah, I mean, that those are the fundamentals of, of football. So I agree with you there. I think corners, I don't have the same philosophy on corner. Man, you face so many good receivers in the NFL. You got so many good quarterbacks. You're facing Jamar Chase twice a year. You got all these great guys. You gotta have a corner that can that can match. If you want to be a man coverage team to any extent, you gotta have a corner that can that can match. I can get by with uh, Levi Wallace and Cam Sutton if you give me uh, my uh, my sixty sack season. <laughs> yeah, which by the way, the Eagles have done it, and I'm so mad because the Steelers were so I close. I set you up there. <laughs> yeah, I know. Now I'm now I'm mad about the rest of this podcast. But they they they're at sixty one, which they may set up one of these top crazy records this year. So the Eagles the have, have, have broken like my heart. Thirty eight. Uh, I guess thirty. Two. 30. Uh, no, they needed 18 to get 50. I remember looking that up. Okay. So it'd be 32. <laughs> I don't think they're going to do it. I don't um, think they're going to get nine sacks each of the next. I know we, we've seen them in seasons against the Browns and get That's like true. nine. That's true. We need yeah. one of those. We need like a uh, Seneca Wallace playing in this finale. Right. Although Watson's not playing too well for them. No, but uh, you know, back, back to kind of the, the, the I, I don't even remember. Think 
All I'm saying is everything <laughs> should be on the board in the first round for the most part. You know, don't don't pigeon yourself your whole yourself in because as Alex said, there's so many different. There's going to be a lot of holes in this team during the offseason. Yeah, I think the three the Steelers won't consider in the first round are quarterback, tight end, and running back. Everything else is theoretically on the board. I uh, got a nice uh, long one here from Jay Matt, Matt Mathewson uh, talking about Franco and what he meant to him and all like that. Merry Christmas, Jay. Appreciate that. I We don't have time to read that. I'll read uh, uh, Berkey says, uh, saw the piece on the website regarding Steelers leading the NFL in picks this year. Uh, they have another crazy stat happening for a seven and an eight team. The Steelers have held their opponents to 18 points or less in nine games so far in five in a row. That's a very difficult thing to do in today's NFL. Uh, wonder when the last time a Steeler team has done either of those. There's something for you to look at, Alex. Oh, yeah. So it's. Five games of 18 points or, or he fewer. He says the Steelers have held their opponents to 18 points or less in nine games so far and five in a row in capital letters. That's a very difficult thing to do in today's NFL. Wonder when the last time a Steelers team has done either of those. So the nine games of 18 points or fewer and five five in a row. Uh, I don't know about the nine games overall. Looks like they did it in, and I'm just going off real quick off of PFR 2019 happened in 2017, 2010. So it's happened. Okay. It's happened, you know, fairly recently, but still impressive and, and yeah, notable stat, but uh, yeah, the, the sound, the interceptions is Steelers currently lead the NFL in picks. Last time they held, had the outright lead for interceptions in a season, 1977. So wow. can that streak continue? We shall see. I was I was eight years old. No, uh, what? 77? 77. I was nine years old and don't I was even say the rest already doing things that I wasn't supposed to do. All right. Well, we'll, time. we'll leave it at that and we'll keep the focus on Mel Blunt instead there of we go. your other Blunt. All right. Uh, <laughs> we ran long. It was, a, I, I, it was a good show, right? We talked enough yeah. all 22 and all right. Yeah, it's been a while. I feel like I hadn't talked to you in a while, so it's good yeah. to be back. Good to be back on the podcast. Yeah, and, and look, the the, the reason Monday uh, Doll Twenty Two didn't drop until uh, Tuesday Monday morning, night. Uh, Monday late, late, late Monday night, and all. So we just choked. There wasn't anything really happening, so we knew the Tomlin press conference was coming on Tuesday. So apologies if you were expecting a Monday show and you didn't get it. Uh, this Wednesday Wednesday show should make up for it, right, Alex? Yeah, I hope so. And we'll come back on Friday, hopefully with a uh, Ravens beat writer. We'll see about that and uh, get ready for this game. All right. In the meantime, follow me on Twitter at Steelers Depot. Follow Alex on Twitter at Alex underscore Kazora. Follow the show at Terrible Podcast. Email the show, the Terrible Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, like what we uh, do and want to donate to the uh, cause, SteelersDepot.com. Hit the donate button, upright navigational bar. Also, if you'd like an ad free version of the site, hit the uh, ad free button, upright navigational site. That's the least you can do. Uh, such a good show today. Uh, in the meantime, Alex and I will be back on Friday, as he said, as always happy new year everybody also or will we be back by then no uh, uh yeah we'll be back before the new year. okay all right uh then uh happy uh, merry belated christmas and as always thanks for listening to the terrible podcast with dave and alex <laughs>